This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day everyone and thanks so much for tuning into this chat featuring the one and only Taria. Yes, sorry, I can't do the rolling R thing that is required when you're pronouncing her name as she will demonstrate later on in the chat, but uh, you know who we're here to have a listen to a conversation with. She is such a lovely, classy lady, I must say. It was an absolute pleasure to have this conversation. And uh, the topics feature her recent, it might be soon to be released, actually, the greatest hit style package. It's called Best of Living the Dream. So, of course, we talk all about that, given that is the catalyst for our introduction and whether or not she'll be able to bring the show on the road. But... A chat with Taria isn't complete unless you dive into many other aspects of her extraordinary career. We discuss the split with Nightwish, what her relationship is like with Nightwish vocalist Floor Jansen, and all about Taria, the moments that give her the greatest source of pride throughout her career, and given her standing within the industry, any advice that she wants to give to anybody talented enough to start a career in the music business. Now I have selected a song, this one is called Dead Promises. It features one of the show's all-time fave interview subjects, Bjorn Speedstrid from Nightflight Orchestra and also Soilwork. Yes, it is taken from the new album Best of Living the Dream, which incidentally will be out December 2nd, 2022, if you're curious. That song will only be played, incidentally, if you've tuned in via the podcast apps. For all of you people listening and tuning in via YouTube, you know the deal. Can't play music. Either way, here's a tune. Well, here's the conversation with Tadia. Let's get into it.
Hey. That is immaculate timing, I must say. Right on the dot. Bang on the dot. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. How's things how's things been? How how's the calls? You know, this Zoom interaction things. Do you enjoy doing this sort of stuff? Yeah, I do. I do actually. It's actually this is very nice because before it was, you know, phone calls and you didn't get to see the face of a person you're talking to. So many times I've been having, you know, interviews with several people that have been interviewing me through many years and I have no idea whatsoever how they look like. So it's much better like this. I really, I really enjoy this. Fantastic. Yeah, we did have a chat. When I say back in the day, I think it was 2019. So it was using the pre-Zoom setup, if you like. It was a conference bridge I think I had to dial in. Remember the conference bridges that we all had to dial into? And sometimes the call would drop out and you had no way of reconnecting. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, I know. lucky we have the technology. It's developing like crazy. I mean, it's it's hard to keep up. I mean, sometimes, um, you know, the music industry, where it is at that, at that moment and all that, it's been a huge change for all of us. So it's, It is yeah. a huge change. You're right. Yeah. How, how have you coped with everything? I, I realize that you're a, you're a solo artist, but you do have a machine around you and the like. Was that very challenging through the COVID period? It's always, I need to really keep it up and uh, it's a hard work in all in all to be a solo artist today, international artist that I'm not only focused in one territory, I'm focusing globally though. So it's yeah. really, really hard work. It's hard work, but, but in a way I'm still, um, not to, not to say like a conservative, but I'm like a old fashionable, you know, this type of a person artist that uh, still want to do the physical albums and still want to work with the artworks and all that. It's a super important part of my, the visual art of my, mm. of my um, work is super important to me. So, and I have a lot of uh, hardcore fans that are still willing to buy the physical albums. And yeah. so it's still important. So it's not all digitalized yet. Yeah, thank God for that. Yeah, the product. If you're a music fan, you want you want the physical copy. Usually, it's vinyl, but I notice cassettes are doing a resurgence these days, and CDs for those of us who still have cars that don't quite have the Apple CarPlay system and all the rest of it. But you you make a great point there about your overall package, and you do have a great new package out, which is your greatest hits package called Best of Living the Dream. Yeah, one, one comment though, I also yeah. feel as though it could have been called Blazing a Trail because that's actually what you did in my opinion. There wasn't anybody doing what you were doing at the level that you were doing it. You arrived on the scene and you were basically already there. There was no learning period for you. It was just here you are, high quality. So look, 25 years into your career, looking back now, do you think think my opinion is an accurate statement? Oh, man. Well, it's been incredible. The time has flown so fast and uh, I've been very happy, like seriously, um, if I think back, uh, all the beginning years, you know, being a weird birdie in the whole metal scene and in rock mm. scene in general, my whole life changed. I was thinking I would I would be somewhere totally different music musically. You know, uh, I was classically trained soprano. Yes. I am classically trained soprano, and so my focus was completely different. You know, different music, but hey. I fell in love with other type of music. I fell in love with rock. I fell in love with the whole scene of, ooh, there is just so much beautiful music around here. And so 
And that is happening for my fans at the moment and has been happening through all, all these years, through the 25 years they've been following me, some of them, you know. And um, that's the beauty of music. And I've lived seriously my life with such freedom. Nowadays, as a solo artist, I have this incredible, beautiful freedom to create my art. And there is nothing I can compare it with, you know. It's very special and unique. And... But it requires a lot of work and yeah. demands my 100% focus and also a lot of work still vocally. Um, it's a never ending story, you know, mm, but right. I enjoy it. Really. Yeah, you're right. All, all things considered, uh, <laughs> when I say this, I say this with the greatest respect, you're still relatively young. For having, oh uh, my God. I'm yeah. the same age as you. I'm the same age as you, by the way. So I, I feel it too some days. But <laughs> well, here you know, in mind, absolutely young, forever young, forever young, absolutely. Yes. Because it's like that. You can't let it go. I mean, you should not. I'm, music has kept me young and uh, is keeping me young. I was just on the last tour with my guys on them. In a tour in bus, we were in a nightliner, just talking about it because I have three guys that are all, all three of them are 54 years, uh, turned uh -huh. 54 years this year. And uh, I was looking at the guys, I was saying, oh my God, you look like you have these baby faces, all of you. Um, how lucky we are, really, that we have been able to work with music and being our passion and doing it like from our heart and how, how lucky we are really we are really privileged and so it is like that hmm. but yeah. as we age as we age and uh, so it's a lot more work physically the body is requiring much more of your attention sort of you know you oh, wake God. up in the morning oh oh god <laughs> why <laughs> why <laughs> but hey <laughs> I just came from a swimming pool. I came from training in the morning. Every yeah. day. Mm. That's really interesting. I just came from swimming then. I just did a kilometre then. Yeah, that's oh. what I do. Yeah. That's what I love doing also. Yeah. It's a love and hate relationship actually I have with the swimming because it is like <laughs> a, so boring. But uh, hey, are you listening to music while you're swimming? I used to, but then I found that I couldn't really hear it and stuff. And I used to try to review albums, believe me, because just, you know, trying to, I've got kids too. And, and used to listen to it and think, this is the only time I've got oh. for me. Either that oh, or going wow. to sleep. Yeah. But you can't yeah. really hear it. So I was using the Jawbone one and then I went to the Sony yeah. one and they were both garbage, to be honest with you. So I just left them be. Right. I haven't found either. Away and actually, it's like a meditation for me more than anything, you know. So it's, true. Seriously, yeah. For me, it was the scuba diving that I used to do a lot. Scuba diving that was the only moment I really could get rid of everything. But it's not like you're scuba diving every day. <laughs> but swimming is that. It's really it's a sort of uh, way to escape, as you said, um, and just focusing. Yeah. Being yourself and uh, you know, it's very good. Yeah, you always feel much better after you've done the swim, don't you, than when you started. It's just magic. It's like a meditation on your mind and insofar as it's, it gives you more uh, serotonin. Exactly. It's really good. Yeah. Was it, was it a challenge for you to, to pick the songs that landed that became part of this Living the Dream package? It was a quite of a challenge, to be honest with you, because having 
having many albums already, having many songs and uh, all of them being quite personal to me, you know, mm. and the reasons they've been born, I mean, all have their special reasons. So, yeah, it was, but for the first album, you know, for the best of, I I got the chance myself to choose these songs. Luckily, my label gave me the chance, you know, there are some artists I know that, they don't really care what is what is going to be on their best of. But as this is my first best of and this very important album to me, seriously, I, I believe that it's still quite uh, hard to. Quite hard to understand that, OK, so much, so many years have passed by that I am actually able to release my own first best of album. So, yeah, I I chose these songs based on the ones that I think are the fan favorite ones. You know, the ones that have been played in radios have been the most rocking ones, sort of. Also the ones that have been released as a single. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I wanted to release different kind of versions of the best of. So there will be like a box set, uh, oh no, media book, media book version. And also a very, very limited one, a box set. And those two, the media book version will have a second album also that includes my favorite songs from my rock career. They are the more progressive, they are the more, let's call it symphonic ones. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you think, is there an opportunity for you to take the show on the road and say do a greatest hits package as a performance? There is actually in the media book version, there will be a live show released. And I did one of these, um, couple of these best of shows already on 2020, right before COVID. Mm. Um, and one of these shows being filmed in Bucharest will come out now in this media book. And it was together with 60 musicians, a really beautiful experience. And I really hope to get back on the road with all these guys and continue doing these big, big shows with the best of. So our mm. plan is for next year to do best of shows. And so let's hope there will be many. Yeah, for sure. Given your education and your background, do you instruct a composer with regards to the arrangements? Is that how it works? Never, never. Because when I myself write songs, I write more and more songs alone nowadays than with someone else. But when I write, I I have needed to get rid of all kind of everything that I've learned, you know. Oh, really? Because yeah. I, I, really, yeah. I restricted restricted myself. I boxed myself in. Uh, the, this song needs to be A B A B. Yeah. C, B, B, you know, structure myself. And no, it's not like that. When I when I kind of understood, hey, there are no rules here. It's just the rule for me is to, to feel good with the song, feel good about the song. So it needs to feel right for me. And then it's right. It doesn't need to be perfect. And there is not such perfection in songwriting. So when I'm sitting down with someone else to write songs, Usually it's my guitar player that writes songs with because I need the guy to be riffing and it's about the riff usually yeah. driving into the song and how it should go. So it's about brainstorming together and having fun. It's nothing like um, there, there isn't any rules. Yeah, it's not as academic as what it might sound like because it sounds very complicated what you're doing. 
Yeah, but I am an academic singer. That's right. And I am, you know, here yeah. I'm doing the work, but I am not putting it out there. You know, I'm doing the work within me as an academic singer and with all my knowledge. Yes, when I start doing, for example, the string uh, right. arrangements or orchestra arrangements. Yeah, there I can be, uh, you know, discussing a lot about this uh, fact of how and which instruments and where and la la la. Because I love that kind of things. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to rock, it's more free and, you know, mind flow. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's an interesting one for you. I thought about this question. Given, given your history and that it has been 25 years, if you could give yourself any advice, say, just before the release of Angels Fall First, what do you think you'd say to yourself? For that young girl, um, first of all, I was very kind of shy. <clears throat> still. I am still, but um, I was very shy in the beginning of it all. I did not know, well, no one knew what to expect from the future, but I would have, I would say to that young girl that be brave and to find your voice and don't let others uh, abuse you yes. in any way, you know. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was the thing that I didn't have it in me. I didn't have it, the courage to really face people and say, hey, now could you please stop or do things differently? We should find a way. So, but because I was so young and I was excited about everybody, everything, and it was so new world in front and all that. And I didn't want anybody to get hurt. I was just going with the flow and I yeah. suffered. Then that was the thing I suffered. And this is the thing that I would definitely say for that. Like, just be more brave, you know. Yeah, I, th I think you're hinting at a few things there. So I hope you don't mind me asking about Nightwish here. But um, look, look with the benefit of hindsight, do you look back on the split with Nightwish as something that did it absolutely have to happen? Or do you feel absolutely. as though, oh, you do, yeah, yeah. Absolutely had to happen. Yeah, I was willing to, you know, go away for a long time already. Mm. I was not happy. No one was happy. We were miserable. And I I did tell them about my decision, but it was not understood. But then happened what happened. And you see, I needed to <laughs> survive, let's say, like that. And so it had to happen. The way it happened, absolutely not like that. <laughs> I would yeah. have wished it to happen differently. But it happened how it happened. And... At the end of the day, I can only tell you that I am super blessed, seriously, that I could start creating music for the first time on my own and to feel my wings. I was not sure if I was able to, you know, if I had it in me. But uh, after all these years, I can say, yeah, well, you know, those doubts that I had, I had to... I fought a lot. Yeah. You know, I fought a lot. Hmm. Well, you've transcended Nightwish. So when someone in the metal community or rock community says, Taria, it's you. Okay. So very few people get by with the one name, but you've managed to do it. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's been an incredible career from that perspective. And uh, I'm glad you let me ask the question too, because I know sometimes these splits, even though it was, gosh, is it 20 years ago now? Are we going back that far? Oftentimes, history can muddle things and and the like, and uh, people try to reinvent history, don't they, that far out? You see that with all these legacy outfits. Yeah, I know. Time flies and time heals and, you know, we grow and we change and, you know, it's like that. Life changes you, all the experiences you, all the people you surround with, all the the environment you live in. I mean, hey, I've been living in Finland. I've been living in Germany. I've been living in Buenos Aires, yes. Argentina. Nowadays, I'm living in Spain. All these changes in life that I've always been very brave doing them. You know, I've never thought twice. I've always been like, hey, there you are. Let's go. Uh, but uh, uh, they change you. They they modify you in one way or another. Mm. And it's good. It's really good. You're a citizen of the world, but do you still feel Finnish deep down? Absolutely. That, no one <laughs> can ever take that part away from me. No, 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 no one can ever take it. I'm really waving the Finnish flag very proudly in the world. I mean, seriously, yeah, I'm a Finnish woman and I will always be a Finnish woman. And even though I don't live there anymore, I haven't lived there for such a long time, but I... Mm. There are always certain things that I miss in my country, from my country, and my family lives there. My um, my very very good friends, I miss them dearly. Mm. They live there, and uh, I go there back and forth, you know, with the work time to time. But yeah, it, you know how they say many times you talk with someone that has not been living in their home country for a long time. It's good to go and visit. And then it's better to come back, you know, and somehow like, you know, you change of emotions, you know, in the, in the meantime, you need to find your place where you feel comfortable in where your heart is. So true. Mm. Yeah, so very true. I'm from Sydney originally and I can't stand the place, to be honest with you. I go back and I have a rule. If I go to Sydney to visit my family, I fly in in the morning, then I fly back in the same day because yeah. I don't like staying there overnight. So it's, it's just grown yeah. to become a, Filthy bloody city, to be honest with you, and uh, mm-hmm. people are rude and all the rest of it. But that's probably just my my take on things too, you know. But if I, I can really relate to what you just said, it's nice to go, but it's nice nicer to come back. Mm-hmm. It is, you know. Yeah. Which moment gives you the greatest source of pride from throughout your career? Oh man, that is a very very difficult difficult question. Oh. I have to say that the beginning of it all, you know, in 2007, when I, 2006, seven, when I started to work on my first album, it was all like, uh, I needed to find new people to work with musicians, the label. Um, and I felt this huge pressure on my shoulders because having a successful career with the band before and, and everybody wanted like a piece of me, a hair of me. I mean, seriously, it was like one one person was dragging me that side and to the other one, opposite direction. And I needed to keep my mind about things. I needed to find my way and the voice. And uh, I needed to be able to direct people and say, hey, 
this is what I want and that is not what I want. And, you know, you know, really find my way. And uh, it was a struggle. It was such a struggle. And I feel that the first album is super innocent in that sense that, oof, if I would record now the album and if I would be the one producing the album because there was a producer on board on the first album, so it would be different. But hey, I'd rather leave it there because it's an innocence. The beginning of my path is a very important part of me and um, it gave me the the wings to start my career. So, But that I am very proud that I kind of found my voice, my sound, my style on the first album and then it was just easy to take the control afterwards and to go with the flow Mm. at fan meet and greets this sort of thing when you're at festivals do you find that the the nightwish hardcore fans are they you're getting more of them coming up to you and wanting old stuff signed or is it starting to fade fade into the distance so to speak always there have been nightwish fans in my concerts Always, but they already know I don't play the songs from the band. (laughs) If I play one, if I play one song in a night that it's okay and they are fine with it. And because they're supporting me as well, it's like, uh, they, they found the music at that time when I was there, it's absolutely amazing. They're, they're still there. They, they see me grow. We've been growing together. Um, the support I'm getting is unbelievable. Of course, I have my fans, my that have discovered my uh, my music nowadays. You know, in the recent years, and also those people that are not um, or have never been listening metal, they're coming to my shows. Sure, a lot of them, lots of them, uh, music lovers in general. Uh, it's a great bunch of a mix of people. Coming to mm. my shows, actually, you would have. Because a... I, sorry, sorry, because I have. A, I do a lot of different kind of uh, events as well. Like, for example, now in one week, I'm going to start the Christmas tour again for three weeks. So, yeah, oh, nice. in these concerts, there are a lot of people coming, metalheads and music lovers. You know, people that like to go to see an opera. You know, all kinds of people, grandparents with their grandchildren and multi-generational you cut across all facets of society all types of different people and the the point I was about to make a moment ago was uh, there would be you'd never know for sure but I would wager there'd probably be more people that got into you as a solo artist and only know you as a solo artist because I never I never hear you referred to as the ex-singer in Nightwish you're just Tarya yeah yeah, well, of course, there is uh, still the sort of, you know, see some promoters, even some promoters are using the X Nightwish in their posters. And I'm like, seriously, how much, how many years, <laughs> how many years have passed by? Yep. But I don't mind about that either. I really don't mind about it because it's a very important part of my career, uh, the beginning of it all. And, you know, I uh, got a chance with the, having the experience being a solist in a band for such a member of a band for such a many years. To start up my own and hmm. and it's a very important time. But the thing is that of course I'm I'm Tarya <laughs> and I have had a longer career, many more albums um than I had done with the band. But hey, time flies. It's unbelievable, really. 
<laughs> yeah, and apologies for my, my Australian accent saying Taria. You know, it's Taria. I, I, I don't think I, you oh, taught me how to say oh, it last oh. time. But difficult, <laughs> difficult. It's very difficult. <laughs> I don't mind at all. Tarja, they call me here in Spain. Tarja. Tarja, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I bet it's, as long as it's sort of in the ballpark, you know, that they're referring to you sort of thing. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Have you and um, – I spoke to uh, Udo Dirk Schneider about um, – he he had a very brief interaction with um, Mark Tornillo, his replacement in Accept. Has something like that happened with you and Floor? We are we are in touch. We are in touch, and recently more because she she came up with the really horrible news of being sick. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I've been in touch with her. But yeah, ever since she joined Nightwish, I was there for her. I mean, uh, so it's like I don't have any. <laughs> I actually, I really, I hope she's fine and everything is uh, great with her, and she's happy. That's what I wish. And uh, we every, every time and now now and then when I am in Netherlands, if I have concerts in Netherlands, she's popping by and and so on, so lovely. on. So yeah, it's really really nice. That's lovely. And yeah. in general, yeah. And in general, I mean, hey, all the I feel in metal we are sisters in metal. We all are like sisters in metal. We really actually we do support each other, all of us, because mm. there is just like. You know, when I started in metal, I felt a little little lonely because there were not too many girls around in the festivals I went. I was mainly the only girl all around, you know. And, uh, and nowadays it's so incredible to see so many female vocalists and they approach me. If I do not recognize them, they approach me, they come and talk. And it's really lovely. We have this really beautiful connection and a lot to share. And that is that is also I really enjoy so much nowadays. It has changed a lot. It has indeed. Certainly in the thirty or so thirty five odd years that I've been into metal, yeah, it's uh, these days. I think it's so. I get tens of emails a day with new releases, and about a third of them have female singers these days. It's just female fronted is no longer a thing. It's just here's exactly. your singer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you saw it. Mm. I'll make this my last question for you, and mm. I, th- I hope I've saved the best to last because I, for people who listen and will maybe watch this, okay, I can't think of anybody better than given your experience and your success to ask this question too. So, what what advice would you give to anybody who is who has the talent? Okay, so the talents that's got to have the talent, but what would you say to anybody who's talented talented enough that you feel? to have a career in the music business? If you were just to have a five-minute conversation with about what are some of the key points you'd relay? Absolutely important for you to find people that you can trust. That is hard. That is very difficult to find. But it is important because you can just do so much on your own. You need people behind you that believe in you you need to be brave and you need to really be tough to to make your message go through and try to be unique find your voice that is not something that the person next to you does i mean seriously it's not easy uh in this life in this world everything's been written already once mm-hmm. at least 
but still there is a chance to be unique, to be you, to find your voice. I would have never done it if I would be alone in this. I would have been never capable of doing or building a career I am having at the moment as an artist, because we artists, we are cuckoos in a way. We only, we focus, we want to focus in art, but we need good people behind us um, that could make our art visible and, you know, out mm. there. What what um what role do you think luck plays in it? Is it is luck not the defining characteristic, but does it play a more significant role in what people may realize? Of course, yeah. I feel personally I've been super lucky. Yeah, yeah, I have. Luck, mm, yeah, but it's about the work more than anything. You can't expect that someone would come to your door to knock your door if you wouldn't fight your way out of your place. You know, you yeah. need to go and knock the doors. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, finding someone someone that falls in love with your work and wants to be there to support you, that's a tough one. Mm. In Fantastic. the world of today, in the music business of today, it's not easy for anybody, not mm. even for us that have been there for a long time already. It's not easy. We need to maintain. Yeah, I think there's there's also that sense of destiny too, as in what what has God put you on the earth to do? Like what is your life path? That sort of thing. And what age do you find that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. <laughs> it is. It is, exactly. But I think that from my experience that when I turned the 40, the critical 40, you know, yeah. when I turned that, I passed that. I started to understand myself better. Um, and via that, through that experience, that kind of um, more confidence and uh, understanding what do you, what I want to do in this world, my art also opened up for me. And that's something, it's unique for everybody uh, when you are creating music and art in general. That is a personal experience and it's when when you start flourishing, that's that's something yeah. that is you. Yeah, you're right. When, when you realise who you are and you've got an audience and you've got the opportunity to continue being who you are, it's just a matter of finding the right components to keep you going, and uh, and 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 you know realizing that everybody has a bad day. Uh, you know, these of course just my musings on on anything in life, really. But it's I'm a muso too, and it's just can be even in local cover bands here, it can be so difficult at times, just because of the personalities. People turn up, they've had a bad day, they've had a fight with their wife or husband or whatever it might be, or their kids are getting bullied at school or something like that, and. Yeah. They're in a bad headspace, and it's because it's a creative pursuit that requires a lot of practice and a lot of dedication. You just Absolutely. feel it putting a damper on the night, but you've got to be there to support each other too through all of that. But it's a, yeah, it's a very. Uh, I think Steve Harris or Rod Spall would said it best. You know, if he, if with all of their success considered, if they knew how they did it, of course they'd put it into a package and sell it for a million bucks or whatever. Hello. If, if, if we would know how to write hit songs, all of us, I mean, if there would be a formula 
to ride the hits. I mean, oh, everybody would do the same. <laughs> exactly. There isn't. There isn't any formula. I mean, no, you just live and learn, <laughs> and you know, discover. It's it's like that. Yeah, live and learn, indeed. Yeah. Well, it, Tari, it's been an absolute honour again. I hope we uh, can catch up uh, sometime in the near future on the next release or maybe even down here when you visit here again. I'd love to. haven't seen you perform yet, and that's you're definitely on one of, my, one of my bucket list performers I need to see. Thank you so much. We are working on the Australian tour, so I really hope that <laughs> that will eventually happen one day very soon. So oh, Fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. Love to, love yeah. to visit. <laughs> no worries. Well, uh, good luck with everything. Congratulations again on everything you've achieved and accomplished. Um, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. Oh, night for you. <laughs> <laughs> Night time, day for you. No worries. Okay, Thank God bless. You. Take care, you too. Bye-bye. All class, isn't she? A very, very good example. Maybe the premier example of why I enjoy conducting conversations for the podcast magnificent if you enjoyed listening to that chat with Tadia maybe you like listening to many more conversations with musicians from the world of heavy metal extreme metal and beyond so go across to scarsandguitars.com where you'll find a bevy of conversations for you to dive into and if you like listening maybe you like reading as well because i've written a book about the show scars and guitars conversations from the world of heavy metal and beyond click the link in the banner you'll be taken to a marketplace download a sample i encourage you to do that try before you buy and if you do complete a purchase please hit me up because i want to thank you personally i've got some more information to share with you about the book but before we do that i want to bid you a fond farewell my name is andrew mckay smith and i'm the host of the scars and guitars podcast series until next time it is a very goodbye for now this is eric rattan of cannibal corpse you are listening to the scars and guitars podcast with andrew mckay smith i've been the host of the scars and guitars podcast since 2017 the first musician i interviewed for the show was david vincent from morbid angel and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara, talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the... I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, 
then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, 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 just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was, he was very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.